of the people who were uh, associated with the Roman oppressors. He actually loved them enough to heal them. And, you know, one of the craziest things is that he used little hard-headed me. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate and feel kindred with the Apostle Paul who says to his, Tim his protege, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 1, 15 to 16, he says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came to, into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So do you ever give God the chance to display his immense patience? <laughs> right? Not you guys, right? You don't ever give God that chance, right? <laughs> Just me, over and over. So I've never murdered or stoned anyone like Paul, but I'm not perfect, and neither are any of us. And he, I've given him many, example, many times to show his patience in me. As a little girl, I always dreamed of being a missionary in a foreign land. I was raised in church and Christian school, and God was so real and present to me. I had many experiences like what Ray was talking about in the fields. God, are you real? And feeling that Holy Spirit. And um, in my late teen years, I became angry, kind of uh, disillusioned with church, kind of I was judging the judginess that I saw all around me. You know, how, do you, anyone relate to that? Anyone can relate? Yep. Okay, good. So I was being judgy about the judginess that I perceived on everyone else. Isn't that funny? And... Um, I came into a season of God healing me um, just after my senior year and just kind of renewing in me that hope and just reminding me, my ways are not your ways. My ways are not the ways of the people around you that you're looking at going, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to be associated with that. My ways are higher. My ways are higher than that. So pretty soon I fell in love with that guy. And he was such a breath of fresh air. He wasn't raised in a Christian home, so he was just, like, devouring the Bible in this such a fresh way. And it was a beautiful thing to, to be there with him in the beginning and to rediscover all my love for the Bible and, and for the teachings of Jesus. And um, so fast forward about eight years later, and we were working with the oppressed people groups in Thailand. It came from Myanmar. And we were learning about the difficulty that they faced and the fact that um, faith in Jesus was spreading at the same time persecution was a big, big thing in Myanmar. You know, it's the same thing in China. We hear the same stories all over the place. Is when, when the people of God are oppressed and crushed, that's when the Spirit goes out, right? And... Uh, We were, you know, we, we weren't perfect. We made many mistakes in ministry as we were walking forward, you know, um, sinning, repenting, rinsing, repeating, and reminding ourselves of the uh, biblical heroes and the messes that they made and the mistakes that they made and how they had to repent and they had to pour their hearts out to the Lord and they had to renew themselves just in that same um, way of renewing our mind that Ray was talking about. And reminding ourselves that we are sinners in the hand of a graceful God. And Mio, he was rough around the edges. He was not perfect. First time we met him, he was very drunk. He was very stinky. 
and he walked out of that path, he, he would have looked at himself and said, I am the worst of sinners. He would have. He became a big part of our lives and our ambassador. That broken man on the bench became powerful. Many of the places that he led to, he led us to, we returned to over and over. And that was during the time that spies would follow you anytime you came into Myanmar. So we would be walking along and people would just be like, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? Can I come with you? And they were spies. They were there to report on our activities to the government. And instead of pushing back on that, we felt the call to get to know them, to love them, to hear about their families, hear about their lives, try to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And because of that, we got into a lot of places where we shouldn't have been. We got into a lot of situations where the people who were tasked to report on us, sorry, I'm not very good with microphones. (laughs) The people who were tasked to report on us would actually be there translating for us into these situations where we, we were legally probably not supposed to be. No, there's 145 languages in Myanmar. I don't speak 145 languages, but the people who were with us, they spoke those languages. So that was God's strategy, his, his divine strategy, getting us into places. And so uh, we began to ask God, you know, What are the prayers that are on your heart to pray for Myanmar? What are the prayers that are on your heart? And Ray, one day he said, I feel like the Lord wants us to pray for the military, that God would soften their hearts, that they would look down the barrel of a gun and they would see their family members, that they would um, reject cruel orders, that they would stop what their uh, mission was, which was rape, pillage, murder, lay landmines, burn churches, burn villages. That's what they did. That was a hard prayer. That was a hard prayer for us to pray and to be praying alongside with other brothers and sisters in Christ where your, your instinct is to pray, get them, Lord, burn them down, stop them, where what was on God's heart was an enlargement of our heart, of our spirit to pray for and love the oppressor, not just the oppressed. And I thought a lot about how God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And what, what we would not expect but shapes us in the process, right? We began to pray for soldiers, for the military, for the government. And we began to slowly see that tension ease. We began to find people who would come up to us and say, I defected from the military. I'm on the run. My whole battalion couldn't do it anymore. I'm, I'm stopping. And we came into a, a place where um, we were beginning to see those prayers answered over and over. We had boys come to our children's home that were in villages where they would have been forced into the militia. And the village altogether said, no, we're not going to do that. And they sent their boys across the border to get freedom and education and to escape that reality. And it was amazing. And things started to happen. Journalists were getting freed. There were um, political protesters getting freed. The, the country started to become more democratic. And then suddenly, sadly, Mio died. Or more likely, he was killed for his religious and political beliefs. He called us one night. He was very sick. He went to the hospital. 
and within three hours he was gone. It broke our hearts. But his life was a life laid down. His life was a life laid down. And when we came to say goodbye to his body, laid out on a slab behind the hospital near the dump, they gave us his possessions because we were his family. There was no other family. They gave us his backpack, a Bible, notebook, notes about Ray, Bible verses jotted down. That was all it was, his whole life, one backpack. And I thought about, as we watched his body disappear into the cremation flames, I thought about how much Jesus loved Mio, how much Jesus loved this nation of Myanmar, that, for one, Jesus laid down his life, then Mio laid down his life, and how much love there was in that. One of the places that Mio took us to was a brick village, a hot, unforgiving place where people made bricks in in the hot sun all day. And we saw God move in various ways. There was a man who had a deep gash in his hand, and we, we were going hut to hut. What can we pray for you about? What can we do for you? And we prayed for this man, and he was he had his hand all wrapped up, and um, he said, oh, I feel a tingling, but that was it. So we left, and that night he unwrapped his hand, and it was completely healed, no scar. And him and his wife became Christians right away that day. They accepted Jesus, and then their neighbor did, and it was a ripple effect, and it was this amazing thing. There was a young boy in that village named Zaya. He, he was an orphan, and his uncle said, please, take, take, take Zaya. He's, he's smart. He's creative let him have an opportunity. So he came and interned with us and then went into Bible school. And his mission is now reaching the people of that village, of all the villages in Myanmar. So there was also Stephen, who is our number one partner in the church planning movement. And he is the one who has networked all of these people together. We, we knew him when he was a young man. We've known him for about eight years. He's still a young man. But we knew him when he was young, before he was married. He got married to a godly woman. He became a church planner in our city. Um, and a lot of amazing things. That's Stephen right there. Oh, yep. Yeah. Talking to the military. <laughs> in a Buddhist military encampment. Sharing Jesus. Yeah. So, during in this uh, church planning movement, um, when church planners come to us and we, like, minister with them, train with them, all of that, we we go to different places around our area. And and a few years ago, Ray was able to go with a group of church planners to that Buddhist military encampment. And these are people who are oppressed. These are people who have generations of murder, deceit, rape, pillage, and here they are to pray for their oppressor. And I'm telling you, it was a thin place. It was a place of heaven coming down to touch the earth to have these men pray for their oppressor. It was an amazing thing. It's the kind of love 
It's a kind of love that happens when um, the people who are coming to arrest you, you heal them. As you're hanging on a cross, you forgive your killers. It's that type of love. It's that type of love that knows I'm a sinner in need of Jesus, just like they are. Just like they are. So, <clears throat> yeah. So many people were in villages were affected by, by that type of um, mentality of love, love for the oppressor, love for the enemy. And it impacted everything that we did. And guys, I know as a nation, we're in a weird place, right? We're in a place where a lot of people look like enemies to us. They look like someone that doesn't deserve grace. But I'm telling you, if, if the oppressed can play, pray for their oppressors like that, we can look across the political divide, the ideological divide, and we can see people who are created in the image of God and who need his love, who need our forgiveness and his forgiveness. And that's, that's our posture. That's our position. That's the freedom that we have in Christ. Slow. So, fast forward. Over time, we developed outpour. We had we have staff. We have different things going on, praying consistently for the military. There was a season of 10 years of democracy in Myanmar. 10 years of democratic rule and freedom come to that country. And people tasted it, and they liked it, and they wanted more of it. And then February 21st, or February 1st, 2021, after losing a democratic uh, election, the military junta performed a coup in Myanmar. They went in and they uh, arrested all of the elected leaders, threw them in jail. All of the journalists they could find threw them in jail. They released 23,000 violent criminals. And then as the protests started to ramp up and people all over the country, because they had tasted that freedom, they wanted to fight for it. They started jailing all of those protesters in the place of the criminals that had been released. There was uh, systematic drugging of children. There's been uh, systematic arrests at night, going into areas where they know that uh, protest leaders are and arresting everyone. They have poisoned and killed all of the dogs in that area so that those people will not be awoken by the barking of dogs. I'm telling you, this is real stuff. So they can arrest people, yeah, in those places. So there's been a terrible thing that's happened. But in that same way that when people are persecuted, the church is persecuted, people are pressed, good things come out. And one of the beautiful uh, things that's been happening is that a lot of people who... Um, who have been, who tasted that freedom on the other side of it, uh, during this time that's been crazy and people are oppressed all over the place, they are loving their oppressors. I've seen so many videos and images of protesters bringing food and water to the military that are encircling that protest. And I have seen so many times and, and moments of um, battalions, whole battalions in the military defecting. It's happening right now. 
saying, no, I will not obey that cruel order. I will not do that thing. I've seen it over and over, and that is the prayer in my heart, is that that type of thing would continue where people reject evil and they turn to good because of the forgiveness and love that they've been extended. So (laughs) it's radical forgiveness. Radical forgiveness that frees up not just the person forgiven, but the person who's wounded. It frees you up. How many of you have ever had to forgive someone and it was hard? Yeah. Everyone, right? It's not easy to give that type of forgiveness, that type of love. But there's a freedom that comes from it when it's off your back and that weight is gone. And I just want to encourage us to live that out, live that way. So I think what we're going to do is have a time of prayer and I don't know if I can invite the worship team up to, pr- to play a little bit. And um, I'm going to have a time of prayer. And I'm going to ask you guys, as we do that, to just take a moment. Don't just jump right into prayer. Take a moment. Quiet your spirit. Quiet your heart. Ask God, what do you want me to pray for? What is on your heart for the people of Thailand and Myanmar? Or maybe your neighbor down the street that you're really annoyed with. So I'm just going to ask you guys to do that, just quietly, like, get to peace with the Lord. And then Ray's going to lead us in prayer in a minute. But pray out, you know, when it's time. Pray that out in faith. Also, I'd love to have one or two, three people just come up and grab the mic and pray. Those who are feeling called to do so while, while we worship this last song. This last song. Yeah, we just give you, we give you this time, Lord. It's yours, God. so much for what you're doing on this earth God you are moving you are alive you are speaking to your children those that don't know who you are yet and those who are to those who are fully on fire and following you God and everyone in between God we just we give you our hearts God we give you the things that you've put onto our hearts. But we acknowledge, Father God, that you have a mission for us. We are on mission, and we say yes to the mission, God, to see people come to know you and to be an encouragement as brothers and sisters. We just want to be faithful servants of your kingdom, God. As you give us mission, God, we ask for more vision, 
but also help us to forgive too, God. Help us to be renewed and to renew and to renew and to renew and to renew our minds and our hearts as we realign to your great purpose for us here on this earth. Pray for me and Mar right now. Pray for Thailand. Change the heart of the oppressor. Save them, God. Show them your love. For the people that are being persecuted, we pray for them, God, that they would rise up with love. Rise up in love, God, and love to invite a couple people up to pray who feels called for that also know that we can do that too. Um, help us to recognize those times. And God will give you the glory for all that you do in all of our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, that you love Myanmar, God, that you are pouring your spirit out in that nation, God. Lord, I pray for the for your children there, God. I pray for your followers there, God, that they would continue to pour out your love when they're pressed. God, that they would continue to be the lighthouses in their communities, Lord. God, I pray that they would continue with radical forgiveness, Lord. I pray against bitterness, God. Protect their hearts from bitterness. Protect their lives, Lord. 
Lord, I pray for the church planners, God. I pray that you give them favor, God, supernatural favor. Lord, that they would not just win souls to you, God, but they would turn a tide in their nation, Lord. Lord, I pray for military men and women, God. God, crack open their hearts, pour your love inside. God, I pray for more defectors. I pray for more people to turn away from the evil deeds that they're commanded to do, God. Lord, I pray for the generals. God, I pray for their hearts, Lord. They're not beyond your reach. They're not beyond your reach. Lord, I pray that they would have supernatural encounters with you. God, I pray that you reach them in their sleep, Father. Lord, I pray that their wives and their children would come to know you and then share you with them, Lord. I pray for every person in authority and leadership in the military. God, get them, Lord. Amen. 
Father God, I just thank you so much for the opportunity to hear Ray and Candace and hear the testimony of what you have been doing in their lives and in the area that they live, Lord, in Myanmar. And Lord, it is such a blessing and a great reminder. of how you reach and how your love circles back. Lord, I remember praying, sending them out many years ago. And I just thank you for the blessing and the gift of being able to see them again and hear what you have done during all that time, Lord, and that you are moving and working. It's so easy to get involved in our own little day-to-day -day struggles and to just forget that uh, Google Earth viewpoint that Candace was talking about, Lord, that you are working in so many different places in the world, working in our own lives, working in our own communities, working, always, always working, even when it feels like we can see nothing, nothing good, nothing moving, nothing good happening, but that's just our small, all our small and weak faith, Lord, and we just ask that you strengthen all of our faith and remind us, and I'm just so grateful for this reminder of your power and your work. And Lord, I pray for the country of Myanmar and the work that is going on over there. And as difficult as it is, we pray for the oppressors there, Lord, and as well as the oppressed, give them strength and strong hearts and compassion, Lord. That's sometimes the hardest. And Father, you know in our own country the serious divisions that have developed in our own country. And it's not just in our country, but it is it affects our own families, Lord. There's division within families and communities. And Lord, I just pray that you will help us to be those hearts, those loving hearts that show love across those divisions. And Lord, I pray for those that we disagree with, for those that we feel have forsaken the virtues and the principles and the godly, the godly principles that this country was founded on, Lord. And I just pray that you will help us to love them and help them to be reminded of what is right and wrong, Lord, and just, Lord, help us to continue to pray and continue to love them, reach across the lines. And there are things going on on our borders just similar to what um, was described by Ray and Candace, Lord, on some of our southern borders and dark, evil things. And Lord, we pray for healing and for the spread of your love in those areas as well and in our country, in our families, in our community, Lord, and help us to be that light. Thank you. Thank you for the blessings of this day, for getting to hear and witness, hear testimony of your greatness and your power lest we ever forget, Father. Thank you. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, church. Thanks for giving us a minute or an hour and a half. Now we'll be moving into Revelations. Hold on a second. Hey, uh, everybody, before we uh, end this thing, I want my brother Nathan to come on down here. He's had a, a rough week. And uh, let's gather up and pray over my brother, please. Father, first of all, we are, we are so thankful. We are so blessed in so many ways. We are so fortunate you have chosen us to be in this place at this time with so many blessings. Father, we, uh, we seek to honor you with our lives. But Father, we'd be lying if we'd be saying that uh, it wasn't a bad week for my brother. It was. He's hurting. He's scared. He's... Uh, seeking you, seeking you earnestly, seeking your mission, seeking your purpose, and uh, seeking your provision. Father, we just, uh, we lift him up to you, that uh, you would be with him. And we know you are. We know that you see his steps, that you see him, that you hear him, that you also command us to pray to you, Father, and that's exactly what we are doing. We are lifting up him to you for your divine providence, that you would provide, that you would see, that you would heal, that you would comfort. And we know that all these things you'll bring out for the good, Father. But, and Father, please, if we can come alongside our brother, please give us the, the strength, the resources, the vision to do so. Father, I cannot thank you enough for Candace and Ray coming today. Father, I lift up our church to you, that we would be on your mission, that we'd be on your path, that we would see your light. And uh, Father, lift up everyone who's come into these doors this morning that uh, they would be closer to you. We ask all of that in the loving name of your son, Jesus Christ, who hated suffering. Amen.